as a black woman living in the United States was always about survival mode. And here for me, it's about healing mode. It's about wellness. And really what that means for me is being safe, supported, sustained, and happy and calm. I alluded to it earlier, but not being under the gaze, that's medicine in itself. Welcome to Flourish in the Foreign, the award-winning podcast that celebrates, elevates, and affirms the voices and stories of Black women living and thriving abroad, while exploring living abroad as a pathway to wellness. I'm your host, Christine Job, a Black American woman with Trinidadian roots, a business strategist and consultant from Atlanta, living and thriving in Valencia, Spain. Hey everyone, welcome to Flourish in the Foreign. It's me, Christine, the host of this here podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I appreciate you. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. Welcome to Flourish in the Foreign. Well, everyone, it is the end of the season of Flourish in the Foreign. I hope you've enjoyed this season. The podcast will be going on a hiatus. So while the podcast is on hiatus, buy me a coffee is going to be a really great way to stay connected. So that means if you're not already a member of the Flourish in the Foreign Buy Me a Coffee membership, you're definitely going to want to. If it's within your budget, please come on down. If not, look, I still appreciate you listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast. It means so much to me. I hope you all know that. All of your support, all of your love does not go unnoticed at all. All right, on to the next episode. Season 5, Episode 12. Today's episode features Tanya Melendez. Tanya is an award-winning psychic medium who teaches people to harness their intuitive intelligence to empower their lives and lifestyle. A former librarian, Tanya turned her coffee shop tarot readings into a thriving wellness, wisdom, and woo business. This was such an interesting interview. I know you all will enjoy it, but I'll let Tanya tell you all about it. My name is Tanya Melendez. I'm 51 and I am in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Before living in Mexico, which has been about eight years, a little, I think a little bit more than eight years now, I lived in Marbella, Spain. So I actually have been an expat now for almost a decade, pretty much. Uh, My first time living outside of the United States was in 2011 in Madrid, Spain. I asked Tanya to tell us about her childhood and if she felt that the seeds of her life abroad were planted then. Chicago is my hometown. That is where I was born and raised. One of my favorite shows back when I was a little girl was Love Boat. And I loved how They were always going, first of all, to beautiful beach locations. Hello, it was a boat. And 
they always went to all these places. And I had never actually thought of living abroad. My great-grandfather is actually Mexican. My great-grandmother and him um, lived in Mexico briefly. He's from San Luis Potosí. And before they migrated to Chicago. So this is how my family is actually from Chicago because they met. And from here, they moved to Chicago. I was a Chicago girl. Like I was proud to be from Chicago. I love Chicago. And I hadn't even thought about going anywhere in my life really, because I thought I was going to be the queen of Chicago one of these days. And I was like, yeah, I can be like the next Oprah and things like that. And then Eat, Pray, Love came out. And when I read that book, it like really ignited something in me because I hadn't read anything like that before. And although she was a white woman, her story was a woman's story. And that's why it was so relatable. It wasn't about our difference in ethnicity. When I read that story, it reminded me of the love boat and that I did love to travel. I love to explore. And as a librarian, my exploration isn't just in books. It really is about seeing the world. And I hadn't realized that I had been telling myself these stories that I had wanted friends all over the world. I love languages, which was another reason I love being a librarian. I spent a lot of time watching travel shows and so after Eat, Pray, Love came out, I bought a, ma- a world map and put it on my wall in my dining room. And at the time, my daughter was about to graduate high school, had been accepted into DePaul University, again, Chicago, born and bred. And I decided to get my passport, again, inspired by Eat, Pray, Love. And I had really never even thought about going anywhere, but I had this world map. I had this now new passport. And I was like, you know what? Plus I was going to be 38. My daughter was going to be gone. She was living on campus. And I was like, I'm an empty nester at 38. I can do whatever I want. And so I really took Eat, Pray, Love to heart. And I actually met Elizabeth Gilbert back when they were doing book tours and before the book was, you know, in Oprah's hands. So she was still doing book tours. So That really sparked it for me. And the first place I wanted to go was Italy. And of course, like all women. But I realized that some of the places we think we want to go might not be our best because I work with spirit and spirit has never gotten me to Italy or India or Bali, but has brought me to places where I'm meant to be. And so I think it was that spark of love boat when I was a little girl. Uh, wanting to live near the ocean. That was one of my other things. I remember I had a prayer partner and I kept telling him one of these days, I want to live next to the ocean. And he was like, maybe it's just going to be Lake Michigan. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then I made this promise to myself that I wanted to try to live by as many oceans as I could. And just to see what living near the ocean was like. Tanya has had such an interesting life abroad. She has lived in Ukraine and Spain and Mexico. And so first I asked Tanya to tell us about her time in Spain, what motivated her to go and how she felt in the country. A friend of mine had told me about a program because I told her I, I was my dream was to go and be in Europe for a while. And so there was this English speaking volunteers needed 
a place to help Spaniards really learn English from a native speaker. And so I volunteered and I got accepted. And so what they did was take you somewhere outside of Madrid for about eight days where you just really talk, talk, talk to Spaniards and support them and really empowering their English. And I was hooked. I After the eight days, I was like, I have nowhere else to go. What can I do? And I thought, you know what? Why not try to stay here? And so one of the other people who had been in one of the cohorts invited me to stay with them for a while, get my bearings kind of thing. And so my adventure began there in Madrid. Marbella was an invitation. Someone who had wanted to work with me doing spiritual work invited me to come and stay with them, to work with them as a couple. And again, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love it. I had gotten there on, I think it was like two days before New Year's Eve. So it was like the beginning of a new year at their invitation. And I thought, wow, this is a great way for me to start again. And so getting to Marbella then on a New Year's Eve, and it was the Mediterranean Sea. It was the sea. It was the real sea. I couldn't believe it. And it was next to Africa. And it was all the things. And so Marbella was absolutely breathtaking. It's one of the places that I truly just hold special in my heart. Really Spain. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about Africa and Africans, the Moors. And so Spain has a special place in my heart, but also a place where I know there is for African people, you know, problematic issues as well. And so it's this kind of, I don't want to say a love-hate relationship, but I absolutely love Spain. And I actually believe I, I have had a past life there, which is why I felt at home there. Marbella, completely different than Madrid with all the museums and beauty and culture that you see in Madrid. And Marbella is like the Riviera. It's the Spanish Riviera. It's where Julio Iglesias is from. And, and Malaga is fantastic. There's just so much there. But I did get a chance also to travel to northern Spain, Elanxobi, St. Sebastian, the Basque Country, just so many um, beautiful things that I, again, this is why I say I have a love-hate relationship. I've never seen anything as beautiful and spectacular as I've seen in Spain, but I see living in Mexico now, the similarities and the colonization that occurred here, you know? And so Marbella is, like I said, a very special place in my heart because I know I must have been there before. And on a clear day, I could see all the way to Africa. And so that was breathtaking and, and just seeing it across the ocean every day, every day. So I would take my walk there every day and to go across the Strait of Gibraltar, something, again, as a single Black mother, when I was 19, I never thought I'd be doing. I never even knew what the Strait of Gibraltar was or that it was a real place until I was there. After living in Marbella, which is one of the most like exclusive and people from literally everywhere around the world go there because of its beauty and all of its popularity and whatnot. And it was the first time I had lived around English people and I had lived in Ukraine, but I had never lived 
with Russian people. So I had a Russian roommate. I had a Filipino. So it was really an international like mashup for me. So like in Spain, of course, I was always around Spanish people. But in Marbella, Marbella is different part of Spain where it's really international. And it taught me a lot. It really taught me a lot. I asked Tanya what made her decide to move to Mexico. I didn't choose Mexico. Mexico chose me. I actually have never planned any of my living abroad. Um, As I shared, going to Marbella was by invitation. Going to Madrid was through volunteering. Coming here to Mexico was an invitation as well with the spiritual community. And I realized very early on that it was not what I thought it was, but I had fallen in love with Mexico. And I went back to Chicago for a brief time. So I came back to Chicago from Marbella at the end of July. I remember it was right after my birthday. And by November, end of November, I was in Mexico. So I was there for just a few months and then came here and I've been here ever since. And I knew it was my place because I felt comfortable. And I was around brown-skinned people every day, all day. And that made a huge difference in my psyche and my wellness and truly in my life. Before I left, I actually got my second tattoo on my arm. It's on my um, forearm, actually. It's pretty big. And I got it done on the Day of the Dead, which is a very celebratory countrywide experience here in Mexico. And I was very specific. I wanted the Day of the Dead. I wanted a Mexican artist. And and that's what I got. Something that told me that I would be making a big life change by moving here. Because in that brief time that I had been in the United States between Marbella and Mexico, I realized that I couldn't fit in the United States anymore. Again, I had no plan. I had no idea. And when I was invited to come, I knew then that it was as I've shared, very spirit guided, which is why, of course, I got the tattoo because I knew that it was going to be a rebirth for me. And so before I came, of course, you know, you have to let go of a whole bunch of things. I was prepared to make a life change. I had also just stopped drinking alcohol and made that a very conscious spiritual choice. And so I knew I was just really coming into a whole new rebirth, which is why the symbology of the tattoo the day of the dead, letting that part of myself go so I could really embrace this new life as this woman that I am and was becoming by moving here. I asked Tanya to describe that first year in Mexico and what her experience has been living, working, and thriving there. The first year was really about exploring myself and seeing everything as an exploration, everything as an adventure, because it really was. Every place I went, it was something new. And so I had to recognize that that change is constant. And so I hadn't realized that in the United States, we get in our routines, but living abroad teaches you that change is constant. And experiencing earthquakes, I've lived through earthquakes now. And The first time I experienced one was actually in Costa Rica, but now here in Mexico, I've experienced, I think, three or four and even a hurricane. And so learning more about myself and I don't want to say survival because as a black woman living in the United States was always about survival mode. And here for me, it's about healing mode. It's about wellness. 
And really what that means for me is being safe, supported, sustained, and happy and calm. I alluded to it earlier, but not being under the gaze, that's medicine in itself. And then now years later, recognizing that I'm an immigrant first. I am an immigrant. And so I am always grateful to be here, to not be in the United States, especially when I look at the news and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. You know, when I moved here, Obama was still president. And so I was here during that whole experience when that office changed and even until what it is now. And I remember being so proud as an American when I left having this Black president and now living here and seeing that, wow, this political stuff is really just a sham, of course, because, and I don't, I'm not trying to get into politics or anything like that, but when you live outside of the United States and see, you see differently, your perspective is going to change. They show you something that you have not seen before. You recognize that everything that you are taught and, and shown there is for a purpose. Whereas now I recognize as an immigrant that this is how it must be for them when they come to the United States, right? And I see the hardship and I see, and I'm not just saying them, I'm saying anyone who comes to the United States as an immigrant. And of course, they they don't make it easy for immigrants, nor welcoming. But what I have learned is that underneath all of the politics and underneath all of the the borders or whatever they are, is that we all do really want the same things, just that we've been taught them differently and we've been shown them differently. So being an Im- immigrant, I'm grateful because I know I'm a citizen of the world, not just of one place. So it just changes your perspective, being an immigrant versus seeing myself as an American. And I know I have a U.S. passport, but I know I'm a global citizen now. And because I do have friends all over the world and have lived in other countries now, I can see through different lens. Whereas before, my American mind, my colonized mind, only saw through that tunnel vision. And so now, eight years in, I now know that there's no way I can return to the United States because... I don't fit in. I didn't fit in before. And now I really don't fit in. And I don't want to fit in either. So Tanya is a psychic. And I don't know about you guys, but this is something that I'm super open to. I'm open to all of the unseen and all those types of things and energy. And so I asked Tanya to tell us more about her work as a psychic and how it has influenced her time abroad. So I am a psychic medium, a best-selling author, and a spiritual counselor. And I work with people to really empower their intuition, but also to support them in their spiritual growth and evolution. And so because of that work, I have really been able to go all around the world. And one of my other abroad times living abroad was I was on a reality show in Europe and Ukraine and was voted number three psychic medium in the world on TV there. Um, I used to say I was going to teach yoga on a cruise ship 
and all these other things about uh, living abroad. And so I built my whole life, my work around that. And so, again, being spiritually guided the whole way. So <laughs> there, there's really never been a plan. There's only been guidance. And so I really talk my walk. So I support people in awakening their inner life, their inner world to something beyond what our eyes can see. And so that's what I do because that's what I've done with and for myself. So I really am supporting people and really awakening their their true gifts. If you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time at this point, you know that I personally have a philosophy of moving abroad with intention. And so because we have Tanya, who is a world-renowned psychic, I asked her, one, how can we move abroad with intuition? And how do we strengthen our intuition? I love being an intuition coach because it's not this woo-woo thing. It is something really implanted in us. There's three levels. We have our instinct, which is, again, when we can tell somebody's looking at us without even knowing. We get that, you know, um, hairs on the back of our neck standing up. That's our body saying, pay attention, right? That's physical experience. And so with our intuition, which is in, we have to go in. And so it is about really, first of all, realizing and recognizing what inner voices are you listening to? That's the first and foremost, because the inner voice that needs to be talking to you is one that you trust. So really learning that inner voice, that higher self. That's the most important because if we don't trust ourselves, we don't trust our intuition. And so we have our instinct, we have our intuition, and then we have our um, intuitive intelligence, which is beyond our intellectual intelligence. And so the outside instinct first, then we have that inner intuition. Then we have our intuitive intelligence that says, don't go in there, go this way. And so really learning to discern, you know, kicking the inner bully to the curb, kicking the inner critic to the curb, the inner judge, none of those are going to support you (laughs) in a positive way, especially living abroad. You really have to learn how to hear your intuition. And each of us learn differently. It could be numerology, it could be music, but we all know that there is an inner voice that we have to begin to recognize. And so we start to recognize her, first of all, by acknowledging her, right? Like I said, we all know we have an inner critic, we have an imposter, we have a bully, we have an inner judge, we got to kick all those to the curb. And this is why I said this is spiritual work first, and then we can really connect to our intuition. And so how I say this really is, we have to breathe. We have to really connect to our inner self. What is inspiration, but is breath to inspire it really to breathe. And so doing breath work, this is why I love working with aromatherapy to help calm the nervous system to really connect you to your inner self. So breathing and with breathing, we normally close our eyes, right? So this gives us that visualization, that inner focus. And so it's really connecting to that inner world is how you begin to 
trust your intuition, start to use your intuition, because first you have to develop the the connection. Then you start to, okay, is this my intuition? You test it out. Then you start to, okay, so this is the voice of my intuition. All right, I'm listening. So then you start to follow it a little bit. Then you get comfortable with it. You start to trust it more, right? And then you begin to develop an inner conversation. That inner voice becomes louder than the inner critic's voice. And you can, you know, it'll say, you know what, today might not be the day to get eggs. Perhaps you should try some green vegetables, right? And so again, it's, and this is why we have free will, because it is our choice. It is always our decision. And so really making space and grace for ourselves and space and a place for ourselves to connect to our inward life, to our inward expression is how we begin cultivating that relationship to our intuition. We want it to just turn on and be like, oh, I can hear spirit. But if you haven't listened to something in a long time, how can you expect to hear it clearly? And so we have to accept that we don't know our inner self and we have to get to know her because it it doesn't come from a place of mental knowing. There is a she within you that knows Like I said, if you feel, oh, you know what? I'm not feeling like I should get this Uber driver doesn't feel good. That's your energy. That is your senses saying something is off. And if you don't know that, and then you're like, oh my God, I got in this car. I don't think I should have gotten in. Do you know what I'm saying? So we have to really start to learn how to listen to it first. Then we can start to discern. Then we can begin to trust. And then it becomes our best friend we awaken our inner muse. This was so many women always come to me and say, when I was a little girl, I used to have visions and dreams and da 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 da. Again, it because our inner muse was in our little girl, our inner child. She got shut down. And so we have to go back into our inner child to reawaken that inner muse. And so this is why I said this work is spiritual, but it is possible. And it's the deepest healing work we have to do, but it's also the most transformative and the simplest because it's in us. It's not something we have to study. It's not something we have to sit in an ashram for 10 years to learn. It is actually in us. And it just takes a recognition. It's like when people first come here, they're going to the beach every day. They're spending all their money. And then they're like, oh man, wait, I live here now. So I need to pay more attention to what I'm doing, setting up a schedule for myself. We have to have structures and systems that support us. And as I said, people around us too. escape a little bit, romanticize a little bit, but remember what you grew for. Remember who you wanted to become. And as you said, also unbecome. Those are spiritual things. It's also recognizing that this is about growth and maturity. I see people in other parts of Mexico where it's all a party and that fades and fizzles really quick. If your intention is to grow and expand, then do that. Grow and expand. Go to the yoga classes. Do yoga at the beach. Do the things that you said you wanted to do, the reason that you said you wanted to move abroad. Then it's not escaping. It's evolving. It's evolving and not escaping, right? Because escape means that you're trying to be free. And we are the only ones that can free ourselves. And so if we come 
abroad thinking, and, and as you said in the previously, our problems are all going to still be there. It's not going to make everything go away, right? It's going to amplify things. It's going to multiply things, in fact. And so this is why, again, say that this is spiritual work. I, I had a client about a year and a half ago who I worked with because she was moving from the United States to the Netherlands. And so I supported her through that transition. And now she's living there. There's going to be highs and lows. There's going to be fears. There's going to be doubts. There's going to be challenges. But how you show up is going to make all the difference. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Flourish in the Foreign. And if you have, please support this labor of love because it is labor nonetheless. You can support this solo indie podcast by becoming a member of the Flourish in the Foreign Buy Me a Coffee membership, where you can subscribe to support the podcast on a monthly basis. You can also give one-time support via Buy Me a Coffee as well. And you can do either one at buymeacoffee.com slash flourish foreign. Support this podcast by writing a review on whichever platform you listen to the podcast. And if you listen on Spotify, you can also leave comments on each episode and even answer some of the poll questions I've created for certain episodes. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends and family and even the colleagues you kind of like. This podcast continues to exist and thrive due to listeners like you. Thank you so much for your continued support. Now, back to the episode. Tanya is not only a world-renowned psychic, but she is a podcaster and author. And so I asked her to share with all of you a bit more about her podcast and upcoming book. Okay. The book's not out yet. I'm still writing it, but it is being written right now, but it is the same name as the podcast. And of course, it's a little bit different, but it's, I'm not crazy. I'm clairvoyant. The book is a memoir. So it's about my life as a psychic medium, as a black woman, as a black woman librarian, psychic medium who lives abroad, as well as supporting women again and awakening their intuition, but more importantly about decolonizing spirituality. And so the I'm not crazy, I'm clairvoyant part is really about recognizing too that we always go to the mental first. And that's why we want to talk about our mental wellness and our emotional wellness are obviously linked and that's impacts and affects our intuitive self. And so, yeah, I'm not crazy. I'm clairvoyant is really this stance on decolonizing spirituality, because as I shared previously, our ancestors, most of the traditional African religious practices are are rooted in natural things. I am a practitioner of of ATRs, of African traditional religions, Ifa and Yoruba. And it's all natural medicine, very much like the pagan and everything that I learned about goddesses before I was able to embrace the African side of myself, right? It's all the same type of thing. If I had been given a chance, there wouldn't be this strong line between 
I'm not crazy, I'm clairvoyant, especially for us as Black women, allowing ourselves to talk about it. Because so many Black women come to me because of the work that I do. They'll say, Tanya, oh my God, I had this dream or I had this vision. I, I think I'm crazy. And I'm like, no, beloved, you're clairvoyant. And so that's how the book really came through and the podcast too, because I want to be able to talk about it. And there's so many black and brown women, Afro-Indigenous women who want to talk, who want to connect to each other because we have been afraid to find each other and connect to each other and talk about these spiritual things and talk about being clairvoyant. Because again, in Christianity, that kind of thing is, oh, that's devil work, right? So the podcast, the book is really to show us and in the world that, yeah, being intuitive is a gift. And so it's a memoir, it's a, a manual, it's a map, it's all of the things. And that's exactly what I share also in the podcast, because I want more Black women to recognize not only the importance of decolonizing their spirituality, but really normalizing their intuitive giftedness and really embracing, and as we've said, embody our Black girl, brown girl magic. Soft life, best life. I asked Tanya if she resonated with Black girl soft life, and if so, if she feels she's living a soft life. I'm so glad you actually brought this up. The soft life is internal softness, you right? Because there's this conversation and this ideology around the strong black woman and that she's superwoman and can, you know, fry it up in a bacon, bring it home and do all the things. And so shifting that ideology from strong black woman to soft black woman is really about us, again, doing that internal work of softening because we've had to be so hard. Our masculine energy is so strong. Coming back into our feminine selves, where our intuition is, where we know our inner magic, we're connected to the moon, where we're connecting to other women, where we know our herbs and where we know our natural medicine. That's the soft life. Instead of trying to figure it out and hustle, giving yourself space and grace to just be, to sit, to read, to journal, to do yoga, to be okay in your mind and your body and your spirit. Again, this is wellness. And as Black women in the United States, the idea of wellness is going to the spa, getting your nails done. No, wellness is a state of mind. And the soft life is our softening of our mind so we can reclaim and reignite our inner muse and, and, and reclaim our inner voice and reclaim our inner spirit and our soul. And so, yes, the soft life is, is definitely what I'm all about. I actually just took a class with one of my teachers and it was called Relax Money right? We can have relaxed money. We can have a soft life and to be in pleasure, to feel passion. And it's not just around sex or that. It Pleasure and passion are, again, internal experiences. To be satisfied is to be soft. To be self-supportive 
is to be soft. And lastly, what I'll say is when I remember it, because my daughter, my adult daughter also lives here. And when we had first got here, it was like a random like Tuesday afternoon and we were sitting at the beach and I was drinking my lemonade. And I remember looking out at the beach and it was so clear to me, it dawned on me. And I share this very often that I had always been taught, conditioned and programmed to believe that there was no way I could live this life unless I was married to a rich man and, and in particular, a rich white man. And when I was sitting there and looking at that, I was like, I did this and I didn't have to marry a white man to do it. That makes me proud. That's my softness. Again, it was my intuition that guided me here. Intuition is a soft guide. It is not a hammer over your head. It is a soft guide. And so that's what I talk about with learning and connecting to our intuition. It is a softening. Because you can't be hard. Oh, intuition, come and talk to me. You know, you have to be soft because it is, it comes in whispers. And so that's how it has strengthened my softness and my intuition at the same time. This soft life is, that's the embodiment. It, it is, I love that you even said that. It is not about aesthetics at all. It is about embodiment. Intuition isn't aesthetics. You know what I'm saying? Intuition is an embodiment of self-trust. I asked Tanya to share with all of us her motto, her affirmation, a prayer that she lives by, something that anchors her in this chapter of her life. And this is what she shared. Yes. So one that I really am grounded in that I've used for many years. And this is around community and it's one sparkles, but many glow. And so that's why I'm on a mission to empower women, especially black and brown women, Afro-Indigenous women to embrace their intuition as a superpower because an intuitive woman is a dangerous woman because she is so powerful which is why we've been told and colonized to believe that our intuition makes us crazy. And so really about remembering that we glow together. We can sparkle by ourselves, but when we come together, we really glow. We have a power. And in this season of my life is your inner muse knows the way. And she who listens knows. That inner she, that inner muse, we have to get to know her. We have to awaken her in us, and it's time. I asked Tanya for some general advice for all of you hoping to not only go abroad, but to thrive abroad. The first thing is... I always tell people it's not the United States, so don't expect it to be. Don't expect anything, in fact. Do you know what I mean? So many people expect things to be a certain way, and that is not it. If you want to be, if you want it to be like the United States, I always say stay in the United States. If you want all your comforts, if you don't want to change, don't don't move somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? And I've had actually had a, a previous client move here in November and 
in January, she was thinking of going back because a sense of isolation, a sense of, you know, the big difference. Because at first I picked her up from the airport, took her to her first Airbnb. You know what I mean? It was my friends who helped her find a place. And so, yeah, I actually have seen when they come with the stars in their eyes. Oh my God, I live right next to the ocean. Oh my God, this is amazing. And then real life sets in because this is a brave, courageous experience. This is a spiritual evolution to live abroad. It is not, you know, for IG, (laughs) you know, everybody thinks, oh, look at I'm living abroad. No, this takes courage. This takes spiritual practice because you have to have faith and you also need to be listening to your intuition as strong as possible because you are an immigrant in another country. And because I have lived in countries like Ukraine, where I, of course, did not know the language whatsoever, and places like Spain and Madrid, especially where they are very Spanish, they're not trying to make it America at all. It's more than a physical move. It's a spiritual, mental, emotional, and you have to really learn how to depend on yourself. And as I said, trust your intuition because... You could end up in the wrong place at the wrong time, but you really have to be willing to change, to transform. You cannot want to live abroad and be comfortable. You can get comfortable once you get acclimated someplace. You you can really find yourself in a place of, of upset because things are different. You're living in a different country, so things are different and you have to let go of who you used to be. This is your life. And it teaches you, as I said, to live a simpler life because you can't take it all with you. And I think that is one of the other things. And then third, you have to be willing to expand. You cannot be locked into any kind of way. You really have to be willing. And again, this is why it takes courage and bravery not just, you know, I can do this um, because you're going to be living amongst people you don't know. And depending on where you go, they speak a different language, as I said, and that can be extremely intimidating. And so you learn new things about yourself. And so it is really, like I said, it's spiritual work to live abroad. It's not what they show on Instagram. (laughs) It's really not. (laughs) It's so much more than that. Talk to someone who lives abroad. Really work with someone to prepare yourself before you go. Again, you can wing it, but get yourself some support. Don't think you can try to figure it out because somebody who lives abroad can give you and share with you blind spots that you won't even know about. You know what I'm saying? So find someone and connect with community that supports this ideology because your family, if they don't know about living abroad, don't talk to them. You know what I'm saying? And don't talk to people who've never lived abroad because they're just listening to what they have learned on social media and on TV. Talk to someone who is doing it, not somebody who's just done it for six months, but somebody who's done it for years. Someone who is a pioneer, someone who's gone through a bunch of things living abroad that you may not even ever think about, not somebody who's still in honeymoon phase. So get support. One of the things that I'm so grateful for is when I did move here first to Mexico, and I know it's no accident, Spirit guided me right to her. I wanted to get my nails done, right? My first manicure. And I walked into this salon and 
It just happened to be a Mexican woman who lived in South side of Chicago, who spoke English, who, you know, she worked in the Red Cross. She was huge in the community. She had her business. She became my best friend. She taught me everything I needed to know about where I was living at the time. She introduced me to people. She really looked out for me in those early days. Don't go in this neighborhood. Don't go here. Do this. And because she spoke English, because she is Mexican, it was so helpful for me. I remember crying to her all the time. And she was like, don't you worry. She's actually the reason that I was able to get my permanent residency and everything. She supported me 100%. So get somebody like that, a local and then also another Black woman. And like you have this beautiful community here of Black women who do live abroad. We must connect to each other. And because we are in different parts of the world, we have to keep each other connected as well because it can be isolating. And and it doesn't matter where we live. We're everywhere now. You know what I'm saying? And so, but having that connection as a Black woman and another Black woman living abroad that is a unique kind of magic because we know it takes a brave, courageous, soft, intuitive, spiritual, open, intentional, spirited woman to make this decision. And so you don't have to do it alone. Do it with your sisters. Do it in sisterhood. Wellness. I asked Tanya, what is her definition of wellness and how has that definition evolved as she has lived abroad? So absolutely living abroad is a pathway to wellness because first of all, it reminds you that you have to be present. (laughs) You're in a different country, so you have to be aware all the time. But also as a Black woman, it reminds you that you're you are a woman first, you're black second. And that was something that I hadn't experienced until I lived outside of the United States. As I said, I was brainwashed. I truly was brainwashed and believed that America was the best place in the world. And I'm not America bashing. However, I'm talking truth. I didn't realize how the impact of racism and being a black woman in this world affected my mental, emotional, spiritual, physical well-being. And so moving out of the United States and experiencing that for the first time was like, wow, I really can heal, but I cannot heal in the place where I got sick. Right. That's what they say. And we can't heal in the place that has made us sick because it continues to infect us. And we do know this. For me, it was an eye-opening experience. It to not feel under the gaze, to not be un well, every place in the world is colonized, but to not be under the authority of the colonized United States. And to be okay in my skin, in my body as a woman, and then as a Black woman. And it began really my healing journey, as I said, because I had just stopped drinking. So I was able to really see myself from the inside out and outside in through a different lens. And so that is wellness. (laughs) That is wellness. 
Thank you so much, Tanya, for sharing your story and sharing your insights. For those of you that want to keep up with Tanya, you can via social media. So my website is www.tarolifecoach.com. Of course, the podcast is I'm Not Crazy, I'm Clairvoyant Social Media. You can find me on Instagram at the Black Psychic Librarian and Intermuse Coaching. And you can find me on Facebook, Tanya Melendez and Intermuse Coaching as well. So thank you again for allowing me to share all this insight. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Flourish in the Foreign. If you'd like to learn more about this guest, please check out their show notes page at flourishintheforeign.com slash episodes. Be sure to grab the Move Abroad with Intention guide to not only aid in your leap abroad and making sure that it is successful, but also if you're already abroad, to keep you engaged and to keep you accountable as you cultivate this new life abroad. I've also curated a playlist of sorts that goes with the guide I made a whole list of episodes of this podcast that I think will be really helpful as you complete the guide. You can find that list in the description of this episode. And I'd also suggest that you grab the Build a Business Abroad guide if building your own business abroad or taking it abroad is something that interests you. It's not for everybody, but for those of you that are interested in it, I highly suggest you grab that guide. And I've created a playlist for the Build a Business Abroad guide as well, which is basically just season three of this podcast. Season three of this podcast was a mini season all about building a business abroad. Be sure to check out the Flourish in the Foreign blog and the Flourish in the Foreign bookshop powered by bookshop.org, where you can support local bookstores and flourish in the foreign at the same time. Check out my list of books to help you move, live, and thrive abroad. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Flourish in the Foreign YouTube channel for when I drop new videos and follow the podcast on Instagram and TikTok at Flourish Forum. You can also follow the podcast on LinkedIn at Flourish in the Foreign. And of course, subscribe to the podcast via whichever platform you listen on and leave a review. As always, big thanks to Zachary Higgs for producing the music of this here podcast. Remember, it's not about moving abroad. It's not about being abroad. It's about flourishing abroad. So go abroad and cultivate a life well lived. See you next time. On the next episode of Flourish in the Foreign, you have such an abundance of resources. It doesn't make any sense for you not to get what exactly what you want. I'm going to say that again. There's an abundance of resources. It doesn't make any sense that you can't get exactly what you want.